Hello, friends. Good morning to you. This early morning edition of Midnight Radio. Whether you had trouble sleeping or you're just a Fruit Loop like me and you're up and we want to watch the show, I sure appreciate it. Also appreciate our executive producers. Today we have Sir and Lady. No executive producer today, even though we all woke up early to be here. It's a shame. If you'd like to be an executive producer for this show, and when you do that, it's $20 or more, whether it's a cash app, uh, what do they call it, a super thanks or a super sticker, you're helping support the show. And the goal of the show is this. It's a conversation with you. We have phone lines. We have comment section. And that's why I'm here, and that's why I get up so early, because I want to have a conversation with you about the issues we're going to go over. And also, I keep this a safe place for us to talk. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, um, whether you're a witch or Christian, whether you're a psychic or a non-believer. It doesn't matter. Everybody's opinion is safe here. I ask that you're not rude. I ask that nobody types in caps. And that's basically it. Um, We have some community guidelines that keep it safe for all of us. That's the goal of the show. And when you donate... Not only does it help support the show, but those of you, there's some people right now that are listening to this on our online radio stream. That's right, we're broadcasting live. We're one of the top shows in Romania. I don't know why. Hello, Romanians. Shout out to you. Shout out to our live stream. We're turning our live stream into a full-fledged radio station. We're doing that. We already have all the music picked out. We polled you guys in the community tab. Check that out. There's still time to go into that poll and vote. We're going to bring that music to you. Before we do that, all the money that we're generating here, none of it goes to me. It all goes to the licenses to keep what we have now on the air, and which is just a little bit. And the rest of it is going to the license fee for a radio station. So that's where it's going. That way, 24 hours a day, you're going to have a massive amount of music streaming right to your ears and we're also going to cover true crime on there i'll be looking to this community right here because i'm going to need some of you to step up and be djs djs if you want to be that's right we have some uh, opportunities to be a dj so you guys can have a show and play music more of that coming up soon I'm your host, Jerry Adams. You're listening or watching Midnight Radio at 4 a.m. in the morning. You guys are amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm so surprised to see and humbled to see so many of you guys here. I appreciate it. I can't tell you how much. We've got a really good show for you today. Very good. I'm going to go ahead and go into it. And i tell you what. Okay, so I had a... A short story that I had on here, I, I wrote it, I narrated, narrated it myself, but I had the artwork produced by artificial intelligence, and the process goes a little something like this. There's a massive mainframe somewhere in the cloud. Some people say it's a quantum computer, but we'll get into that in a future episode, exactly what that entails, but you put a certain set of search parameters in it, like I'm looking for a lady in my story, Honda Pussycat. I had a lady sitting behind a desk at a veterinary clinic. You do that. And then it comes up with a picture. And these pictures are dark, creepy, and eerie. Every one of them. Because you can say if you want it photorealistic or if you want to have it in a certain certain um, master painter style or something like that. I had them photorealistic. But the thing that makes them real creepy is how realistic they are and the fact that they're just a little bit off. Somebody might have seven fingers. Their elbows might be coming out of their ears sometimes. But I thought, oh, this is a very good illustration for a horror, a short horror story, which is what Haunted Pussycat is. That's not available for you to see. Once you become a member, I'll have that available for members only. Uh, members of the writing class, there's going to be three tiers. Two ninety nine. if you just want to support. Actually, I got the names up now. This is going to start the first of the year, and we've already started working on it, and we'll have it finished very soon. So 
two ninety nine. That level is going to be called a midnight supporter. If you just want to support, but you don't care about anything else, that'd be a midnight supporter two ninety nine. Then a midnighter, that'll be four ninety nine. And a midnight rider, that'll be nine ninety nine. And you're going to have symbols um, beside your name too. So midnight supporter will have a microphone. A midnighter will have the midnight radio logo. And then the Midnight Rider will have a typewriter. As we're going to start our, our writing class. I just want to let you know about that. Also, Spotify, if you guys you want to join the writing uh, class we're doing, I found a, another way for you guys to do that. I'm actually going to release that on Spotify also. If you're a member of Spotify, our Spotify is $4.99 a month to be a member of that. Actually, I think it's $5 a month. Now, you're going to get the video of the writing class, but you're not going to get the, the live stream once a month, but you are going to get the video. So if you don't have the nine ninety nine and you still want to be part of the writing class, you can do that through our Spotify. If you get a Spotify membership, you're going to get every, all the extras that they get, plus you're going to get a little part of the writing class. But it'll still be worth it. I found a way to bring you a value for that. All right. I want to let you know about all this stuff. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about working with you guys on this. Okay, I got a lot of information for you today, but I told you about that AI that did the generated the artwork for my, my video about the short story. It was very creepy. Well, there's a man who asked it to come up with a the, mur, the um, Idaho 4 murderer. I'm going to show you the picture it came up with, but before that, I think I need an introduction with some music here. This is what he came up with. This is some high technology here. So I do have some background on AI generating artwork. So th this is all this is, okay? Now, I'm not going to play any audio from this because he doesn't say anything. Um, apparently, this guy's name is Bart Wan. I don't know if you've ever seen him. B-A-R-T-W-O-N. Bart Wan. He's been in the true crime community for a while, but he's been away from for a while. All he says in this video is that he's interested in the Idaho 4 case. He asked an AI generator to generate the murderer. So supposedly this is how this works. And I do want to know what you think. And I'll be opening up the phone lines in the second half of this broadcast. The AI goes and cruises the entire internet and searches everything related to Moscow, Idaho slangs. And it comes up with all that information and does a composite based on what it sees. So for me, when I was asking it for a white cat, a white Egyptian mew, it searched the whole internet and it came up with its rendition of a white Egyptian mew. Now, I don't know if you realize this or not, but here's an example. I also asked for pictures of, of females in there, you know, like a, an attendant at a veterinary clinic and such things as that. Do you know that most pictures that are on the Internet, they don't show hands and feet? So it's just like, like me, like a talking head right here. There's a lot of that, a preponderance of that. So when it goes to the Internet trying to make its deductions and what kind of photos it should make, a lot of times there are certain details that are just crazy. So I don't know. This is a picture it came up with when asked to search the internet. I think it uses some of the, um, I think it uses quantum computers, which as far as I know in the USA, there's two or three now, and they come from Canada, a, a um, computer manufacturer out there. We'll go into that later uh, in a future show. I got a whole show planned about quantum computing. 
this is what it came up. What the hell is this? I don't know. Was it a particular person brought up? I don't know. Do you think this has any value? I don't know. But it's weird as hell. And I thought I'd bring it up. Somebody brought this, somebody close to me brought this up to me. I'm like, well, well, this is interesting. What value do you guys think this has? I don't know. What all, what all is it showing here? Is it showing all the boyfriends? Every time we say uh, it might be this person or it might be this person, does it bring up a person and, and take his face and conjoin it? This guy looks guilty as hell, though, doesn't he? Ah, I don't know. I bet if you say, no, <laughs> don't go around saying this is a guy. This is a composite sketch of God. I don't know. This is computer AI. There is nothing put in but a question. Show me the, the Idaho 4 murder, and boom, this is what they got. There's going to be links to everything in the description below. Matter of fact, I've already got those links up there because I woke up very early. Somebody's saying you might want to see the new footage from the Corner Club. I would, but I don't have it, so I don't know how I'd do that. Uh, if you guys maybe have a link... Send me a link in email, and I'll check my email. We might have time to go over it today. If not, we'll go over it tomorrow. Um, on that note, I put a there's a poll coming out at 6 a.m. asking you guys about scheduling, what you guys think about the scheduling. Um, we're going to go by what the poll ends at, what you guys vote for. So check that out. Also, let's go to the next one. There's not much more to say about this, except he told the AI to make a picture of the Idaho 4 murder, and this is what it came up with. That's it. There's nothing more to it. Uh, what evidence is it based on? Nothing. It's, an, you know, based on a dude saying that. I do have something I feel is significant, though. Two things I want to go over. And, and let me go over some of all, all the rest of the things I want to go over today, time permitting. So we just saw the computer-generated person of interest. I got a body cam footage from a noise complaint where Maddie Mogan opens the door, and I noticed something on it, so I'm going to bring that up. We're going to go a little bit into the TikTok uh, lawsuit with the professor, just a little bit because we had a legal professional contact me in an unofficial capacity to give me information about that. And I have some news of the day things that are going on right now and those of you that are in buffalo i feel for you i got some information about the panty pilferer you guys we saw that yesterday there's a panty pilferer on the loose there in moscow idaho i got some possible information about that so right now i'm going to go ahead and play this footage arriving to the student's home weeks before the murders happened for a noise complaint. In the video, you're going to hear the voice of Maddie Mogan, one of the four who was killed in the attacks. And that video is going to be brought to you raw in full here, as we always do on Live Now from Fox. Uh, we'll play it for you now. Planning a family? Check your sperm. Oh, my, how do they know? In your room. Oh, my goodness. Morning, night, or afternoon. Now's not the time for this. Upstairs, I'll have to wait till Oh, my here goodness. And there. But please, don't test just anywhere. All right here. Home sweet home is where it's at. A private place to do, well, that. Collect your sperm. Oh, my goodness. Although I'm kind of tempted. Yeah, they did. Hey, who's the owner uh, or who lives here? Um, I can go get them off. Okay, thank you, please. Or we're going to start doing a lot more than just doing noise. I will go tell them. Yeah, just tell them to come to the front door. We'll deal with the noise complaint, and we'll leave. Yep, thank you. Okay. Um, So 
I just live for everyone that lives here, and they're not here right now. No one's here that no one's here that lives no here at all. No one's here that lives. So here. everyone here's trespassing. Well, no one's here that's trespassing, but no one, no one that lives here is here right now. So where'd they go? They're just not here. I have no clue where they went. No clue. So you guys just found a party in in, in their house at this time. At and one point, they're not here right now. I just I they, just searched all the rooms. They left and went over to. Some- Hold on a second, guys. I missed something. I, I could have swore that Maddie opened the door before. Did I miss that? Did I miss it with that commercial? Yeah, they did. Wow, what is love? Okay, there she is. That's Maddie Mogan. I want to make this point here, and uh, I might be thinking about this wrong, but um, things might be... That isn't Maddie. Okay. Bethany opens the door. Okay. It looks like Bethany. That was em- Emily Bethany, but not Maddie. Okay. Um, I can go get them Okay, thank you, please. The article said... Uh, Maddie, but all right. One of the owners of us here. She's on the phone right now. Maddie's the one on the phone. Moscow Police Department. Who am I speaking with? Why the ending is so wild? Oh my gosh. You and your commercials. All right, that's fine. All right. What is the, what is the significance of that video? To me, um, I don't I don't see that the owners of the house or not the owners, the people that are actually rented that are throwing the party, not being there. I believe there's some dishonesty involved in there. In that, I don't care about that. That's not the problem. But look at all these potential suspects there are. You would have anybody that would have any interaction there. And then you look at the boyfriends. If you're a boyfriend and let's say you're actually studying and you can't be there at a party that's held at your girlfriend's house, there might be some jealousy involved. I mean, they're having they're throwing all these parties with all kinds of frat boys there. I don't know. It seems like a very tangled web. Matter of fact, I do have, I, I, don't, I can't show you guys right now, but I do have like a map of all the different frat boys and every girl, and including Ethan, that was a victim in that house and their relationship to certain other individuals in the frat. And some of them had conflicts, some of them dated each other, but it is a web. And uh, I'll tell you what, we'll go over that tomorrow. Web of Frat. We'll go over that tomorrow, but it's very interesting there. Um, That was reported to me that that was Maddie that opened the door. You guys are telling me it's not. I appreciate that. All right, let's continue here. Somebody just gave me some information. I want to go over that right now. So let's go ahead and do that. Why would a boyfriend want his girlfriend living in a party house? Man, that would be rough. That would really be a rough thing in a relationship. Okay, I'm going to bring this up right now. You guys brought this to me. All right, come on. Footage, footage in the corner club. What do we got here? Maddie and Kaylee. Man, the corner club is small. Is that Joe V?
Sergeant Jack D. The hoodie guy again seems to be with the girls. Yeah, the hoodie guy's in the back here. Isn't that something? And it's a white hat too. And of course he has a beard. And the image that we got, still not saying it's the correct image, but the image we got from the astral photography and it appears to be a person with a white hat and a beard. I'm not saying it looks like Jack D though. All right, I'll put a link to this in the show notes below. In the description below. You guys want to see that again full screen, don't you? I know you do. All right, let's do that. Let's do that one more time. You guys want me to pause it there a little bit? Of course, you could pause it later. Yep, other people in the club would be able to identify who that is. Absolutely, but they're not going to tell us. I can't tell who it is. It looks kind of big to be Jack D. That's my opinion. And that's all I've got. That's all any of us have is our opinions, right? That's all I'm seeing. All right. I have a lot more information for you guys. Let's go into it. I'm going to put a link to that video. I'd like to thank the person in chat that gave it to me. Let's let's briefly, let's talk about this defamation case just a little bit you guys are probably wondering out why but i got some info on it uh here on the youtube streets whatever you want to call it there's a lot of threats uh, threats from subs threats from other what do you call it creators about defamation and and uh, doxing um there's there's a legal term for doxing or legal standard, I should say, for doxing. Doxing is when you put out somebody's personal information, such as driver's license information and social security number, house and phone, private phone number, all of that. Uh, doxing isn't if you have someone's public information. You guys can argue about this back and forth. We're not going to go there. But YouTube doesn't have rules about doxing. So... There's that. They're, they're, um, because of the contract people sign, they're unaccountable in that area. So know that. So that's why YouTube doesn't get involved when there's complaints about someone doxing somebody. Just so you guys know. But uh, defamation, they probably don't get involved in that either. I don't think I've seen anything about that. But there's a legal route for that. Yesterday I talked about it. And I know the legal standards is, is if you're talking about you're telling a lie uh, about someone else to take away from their character to at least one other person. That is a legal standard. I know that. I got the paperwork over here. But come on now. Just one person? I mean, it's your word against them, you know, and that is going to be hard to prove. That was my point. Not that that isn't the legal standard. But that is one that's hard to prove. But if you go on a national stage, whether it be TikTok or whatever, you got a problem. And if you double down, you've got a problem. And we're going to go over this just a little bit. I'm going to read what I got. 
Now to a strange development in the unsolved murders of four University of Idaho students. A professor at the school is now suing a TikTok creator for defamation. She says that creator has accused her of being involved in the killings. The lawsuit says the creator has published dozens of videos tarnishing the professor's reputation. NBC's Steve Patterson has more. Tonight, a TikTok creator facing a defamation lawsuit surrounding the unsolved murders in Moscow, Idaho. Oh my God. Killer Rebecca is suing me. Rebecca Schofield, a University of Idaho professor, is suing TikTok creator Ashley Gillard. I'm not stopping, so let's just start there. Alleging Gillard has wrongfully accused her of ordering the killings of four University of Idaho students last month. When Rebecca Schofield, the one who murdered the four Idaho college students, see my videos. Gillard, who claims to solve high-profile murders by using tarot cards and by performing other readings, started to post videos naming the professor as the killer in late November. But authorities have yet to name any suspects in the case. The lawsuit denies all the allegations, says Schofield was not in the state at the time of the murders, and that she did not know any of the victims. Professor Schofield doesn't have to solve the mystery of who killed these students. Instead, she only has to prove that she did not. Modern technology makes it relatively easy to track exactly where she was on the night of the murders. The lawsuit highlights the potentially harmful speculation around the quadruple homicide. I spoke with Moscow Police Chief James Fry. Uh, I'm going to inject a comment here. And there's somebody that complained recently, and I, I thought it was funny, that's why I'm bringing it up. That me interrupting these videos was annoying and it sounds really bad on his headphones. I hope Santa brought him some new headphones. Personally, I suggest Geeky. So this reporter jumps in here and brings up something that happened a week ago when he was talking to Fry and manipulated the message of what the police detect uh, the police chief said last week i think rumors always hurt us um in an investigation but it's our job to go back and utilize our resources and to continue to um, vet those and make sure that uh, all that information um, is still cataloged so that we have it they have a rumor control section of their website around this case telling us they are aware of the lawsuit but they are not commenting further at this time in over 80 tiktoks on the topic gillard has named schofield as a co-killer and has accused her of hiring another student to execute the murders amassing millions of views and likes schofield's lawyer told she sent two cease and desist letters asking the creator to take down her videos. If they really think I'm making false statements, they will need to file actual legal documents in a federal court. Schofield's lawyer Which saying they this did. lawsuit became necessary to protect Professor Schofield's safety and her reputation. Since filing the lawsuit, Gillard has continued to post to TikTok. Now Rebecca is going to be added to the list of regretful people. Alleging Schofield's involvement in the tragic killings. Despite defamation being a difficult suit to win if the allegations in the complaint are true our legal expert believes Schofield has a good chance the odds that Professor Schofield will win this lawsuit are 99.9999999% and Steve Patterson joins us I absolutely completely agree there I couldn't agree more we have our own legal analysts with an S down there as as our viewers and uh, we appreciate you guys very much these are non-official opinions Opinions, opinions, opinions. Which is what we deal in here. We deal in opinions. If you guys have tips and they go to the police department, they'll take hairy tips, purple tips, sideways tips, hot tips, cold tips, droopy tips, saggy tips. They'll take all that. We don't want that. We want, and they also take just the tips. We don't just want that. Give that to them. We want your whole wild-ass speculations, your whole wild-ass theories, your whole tame-ass theories. They're safe here. Don't bring it to them. Bring it to us. Let me read this for you. It's very short. I'm writing a few talking points on here regarding speculation as to the U of I professor in the defamation case. I presume it is filed in district court. Uh, district court is in Latah County, is in Moscow. And the university is filled with law professors whom I'm certain are more than willing to assist plaintiff's attorney on the case if needed. The following is mere speculation on my part, and I have no evidence to support my comments here. Again, it is their opinion. I suspect there would be a settlement reached before the trial. 
Even if the statements were correct and the defendant had a reason or evidence to believe the plaintiff were guilty, wouldn't the reasonable response be to pull back when the first cease and desist order was served? Defendant is not the trial judge, and therefore her truth could be better could better be handled through the witness hotline and not on social media, ramping up a monetary reward. Some may argue there is something else amiss here as to judgment and capacity, but again, merely speculation. This may be supported by the fact she basically threw her best argument out the window by driving the allegations against plaintiff home again and not taking opportunity to lighten up and use her psychic readings as merely opinions and therefore protected and not actionable, used as a defense. The plaintiff apparently has offered a timeline of her actions and opportunity during the commission of the crime counter to the defense allegations. We know this already, but this would be easier than awaiting a first conviction on the felony case as an affirmation or evidence to show it was in fact not she who committed the crimes of 1113, but someone else who was ultimately convicted at law and further that she was not in a relationship, risking her position at U of I just on the allegation alone in relation to one or more of the victims nor were they ever her own statements. Truth and consent are affirmative defenses to a defamation lawsuit. Retraction is also a defense, although not affirmative. Qualified and absolute privilege as well, but the psychic likely would not prevail in those two. Recent Supreme Court uh, circuit ruling is verify... I'm sorry, Verity versus U.S. Today, nuance or implied defamation ruling and likely not relevant to this case. Civil is tort and criminal is found agarious and punishable in prison, typically in India. In India. I have included a general public link to a treaty on defamation here because the tort is complicated and I'm not a professor or instructor. And since we are all sleuths, or many of us are, we can learn more from Google and social media. I worry more about copyright infringement than I do slander. It is a bit more elusive and sticky. So that's just a little bit more in depth on that case. I want to go a little farther into it. And my opinion of it is this. If you get a cease and desist order, first of all, I cannot believe that, especially a psychic or a, a self acclaimed psychic, a true one, would dare say that this is fact, that she did it. Psychics know where they get their information from, and they know the places and the entities they get their information from don't always give them exact truth and exact facts. So there's something going there's something more going into it. Maybe it's ego. Maybe it's vanity. I'm not sure. This TikToker is still doubling down and is very dangerous for her. Um, so we'll keep we'll keep looking at this case. I'm not going to talk about it again until it actually goes to trial. I hope it doesn't. Do I think there'll be a settlement? I think that's what they want. Is there going to be a monetary reward? I don't think that she has any money to give him. Although there could even be up to a wage garnishment, I guess. So what does the plaintiff want? They want their name out of this. So perhaps they would be willing to just have to stop it right now and don't let it go any farther. I think there's still a chance. I think there's still a chance for her. Hopefully she takes it. Okay, I, I want to go over this real quick. I got I got this from the University of Idaho. Every year, every campus has to put out their crime statistics. And there in Moscow, they call it the Clary Act. And I don't know if it's like that in every place, but... Let's look at the crime statistics in this place. One of the things we've been talking about 
is how the Moscow Police Department have been sweeping crimes under the rug, and the university has been too. Let's look at the facts on that, shall we? Because according to law, they have to report it here in the campus statistics. And so we got murder. We got negligent manslaughter. Nothing, nothing, nothing from 2019 to 2021. We got uh, S offense with R. We got a lot. 2019 to 2021, six on-campus property, resident facilities, uh, 2019 to 2021, six. Non-campus is 2019-3, and as you guys can see, subsequently, 2020-2021, one at four. I'm seeing a lot of SEX crimes here. Interesting. I'm seeing a lot of burglary. Well, not a whole lot. A little bit of burglary. We got motor vehicle theft, domestic violence, uh, on campus property and residence facilities, dating violence, uh, not a little bit, maybe four people, five. Stalking, there's a whole lot of stalking, probably predominant. 2019, 2020, 2021, on campus, off campus, and even non-campus. A lot of stalking. All right. Now, check this out. Look at all the liquor law violation arrests. Uh, 2019, uh, 2021, 49. 2019, 14. Uh, public property, 20. Oh, a whole lot. Liquor law violations referred for disciplinary action. 29, 30, 26, 29, 12, 17. So you mix this combination of sexual violence against women and alcohol. I wouldn't want my my daughter going to this college. Absolutely not. Because let me tell you guys, you might say, well, they have liquor on every college. Well, they they have this. No, they do not. No, they don't. I've looked at these drug law violation arrests 14, 19, 14, 10, 3, 7. Referred drug law violations referred for disciplinary action 13, 24, 9, 30, 9, uh, 12. One hate crime reported. And then they have unfounded, you know, where something was reported but it didn't pan out. I'll put a link to, actually, I already did. There's a link in the description below. You guys can read this for yourself. Tell me what you think. And this brings us to a conclusion that I have about the panty pilferer. We watched a video yesterday. There's a link to it in the show notes where there's a college student that called the police because somebody went inside of her vehicle, took everything that was inside of her vehicle, put it in a suitcase outside, but took a pair of her panties out, took the suitcase, put it in the road, took a pair of panties and put it in the cup holder. And the police came and some of you commented to me that the police were very blasé about it and you guys didn't understand why. You guys thought that there was something up with that. Why wasn't it that big of a deal to them, you thought? And this popped in my mind. I'm not saying it's true. This is another scenario. This is a wild-ass theory, if you will. What if a police officer was involved in this? In this murder. It's happened many times before. Then the police would be, and if they knew it, if they suspected it, they would be extra clamped down on it like they are, usually we at least have a person of interest by now, would we not? We wouldn't have the evidence, but at least a person of interest or something, right? No. Usually, you even have the police department, and this is 95% of the time, 
you'll have them say everybody is a suspect. Every every boyfriend is a suspect. Not in this case, they're not. They're saying they're not suspects. I think they know who it is. I think it's a possibility it could be a cop. Somebody blended in. Who blended in that night? You have the students, the drunk students that were going around, and the cops who were getting the drunk students, right? And what happens if you saw somebody outside, let's say in a car, an abandoned car or something, or not abandoned, but it's just sitting out there, and you're a college student and you see, because the college students, as I showed you in that clip, they interact with the police all the time, especially on, what do they call it, um, Fratlantis over here. That wouldn't be something new. But a cop could go around and not get detected. You come out and you see a cop in a vehicle, you're like, oh, they're just doing something, you know. I'm, I'm just here checking on a complaint. It's just something to think about. And the cops would be extra careful in saying it's one of their own because what would you have? You'd have complete pandemonium, would you not? People withdrawing their kids. You'd have people freaked out that the college and the cops would protect something like this. Now, I granted this is a super wild-ass speculation. It's my opinion that this is possible. I'm not saying it happened, but let's keep our eyes Let's keep our minds open to this because what we don't know and there's what we do know. We do know that whoever this is blended in, got away. The panty pilferer had a footprint that looked like a cop's working boot, a cop boot, a military style uh, government boot. And it did. So I I just want to put that as a possibility. Also a possibility of this. The cops weren't very interested in that particular incident. Like they're talking like it happened a lot, you know, things like that. The crime's gone up here. I showed you the record right now showing that that is the case. So if you can try to find out who all or who was behind those petty burglaries and maybe the panty pilfering thefts or or panty displacement, was there even a crime here? I don't know. But if you can look at all those cameras for that and try to find that person, you might be able to find this killer. And it, there's a lot of ring cameras that you see all around this place. So I think you could. You know, I think if you look for them, I think you might be able to find this killer if they can't do it. Because I think it's, it, it could possibly be linked if it isn't a police officer. And is there a particular police officer that is always showing up after the panties have been pilfered? Something you might want to look at. I got some comments I'm going to play, uh, some voicemails. And then we're going to open the phone lines. Yeah, Jerry, I got a theory for you. You missed it the whole time, Jerry. You're right. It was Murphy, Murphy, the dog. He's inside the house. I'm telling you, that's my theory. It's gold, Jerry. Gold. Well, it's as good as a lot of the other ones I've heard. And uh, just a comment: Has anybody ever thought about this guy was already in the house hiding? I'm just watching your video. You're doing a great job here. I'm going to continue, but I'm calling from the Minneapolis area. Uh, I hope they find this person or persons. God bless. Bye. Yeah, actually, we did talk about it being in the house. We think that's actually what happened, at least I do. Hey, Jerry. JJ, belated Merry Christmas to you. I just wanted to follow up regarding my thoughts on the Idaho case, where things stand now based on the things that the... PD has released the way they're responding to the media and considering the information that's come out, other different pieces of information. It's speculative, but I'm getting a feeling that maybe MPD had somebody that was suspicious in the past 
who was not investigated. So somebody that may have been creeping around or caught on security cameras doing suspicious activities. Like, for example, I saw that one uh, surveillance video from that store where the guy would look like he was either drunk or high or mentally ill who was stumbling around in front of the store and he put got blood all over the the handle for the door um, and I'm wondering if that person or I should say if that event happened around the time that that dog was found skinned down the road uh, not too far away around the Moscow area so I, I, because it seems like the police are being so cautious with what they release, which is understandable. I'm just wondering if maybe they had somebody that they didn't investigate that they now realize could be a potential suspect. And so they're trying to cover their tracks, or not cover their tracks, but to do damage control now because maybe they don't want that to get out to the public. Anyway. I'm starting to lean in the direction away from the friends and people associated with that house, just based on what I see now. Anyway, keep up the good work. Love the show. Take care. I think you appreciate that, JJ. Yeah, that's a good point. All good points. All good points. Jerry, I like you. I really like you. All these haters can be haters, but I like you, brother Jerry. Thank you very much. But, and I appreciate that, but I'm trying to do a New Year's Eve special here, guys. And I need to hear from you guys that hate me. I know I should have put this in the beginning of it because the people that hate me only last for about three minutes and then put a bad comment in. But I don't want to start the show negative, you know what I mean? It's not my thing. I don't like that. Uh, you know, you can hate me, that's fine. It doesn't make me feel bad. What makes me feel bad is that you don't take your hate and channel it and let's mold it into something good. Three two five two six one zero eight nine two. Call that number. Tell me how you hate Jerry. We're going to do a I Hate Jerry New Year's Eve special, and I need some more comments, guys. I really do. I need more haters to call in. I don't know. I really appreciate it. I'm not trying to reverse psychology you. I, I really want these hate voicemails. I think it's going to be great. I mean, I'm not going to yell at you back. That's not my style again. That's the only way you're going to get to me. I've got a group of people that goes through the comments, and plus there's uh, bots and there's uh, YouTube AI, and if it's negative, it gets booted out. I mean, if you feel negative about something, here's a newsflash. You don't have to watch it. You know, it's your freedom to do that, and it's my freedom not to read your bullshit. So I want you to get to me, though. I do, and... Call that number, 325-261-0892. Lay it on me. Show me what you got. I'm not going to talk back. I don't care about that. I just really want to know how you feel. Phone line's now open, 325-261-0892. You can call in right now and talk to me about some of the things we went over today. I know I want to talk to you guys. That's why I'm here this early in the morning doing this show. Until then, I got some breaking news stories for you non-Moscow related, but they are definitely worth sharing with you. One electric street by the trestle for childbirth. A 911 call came in just before 12.30 a.m. from a mother who was experiencing pregnancy problems in the woods. By the time first responders arrive, she said her baby had been born, but she was alone. She told first responders where she had given birth and the search began. How are we feeling about getting another engine out here to have a better search radius? She's saying we're in the right area right here. So we searched for over an hour for that child. After an hour of searching, the mother, 26-year-old Alexandra Eckersley, told crews the actual location of the baby boy. Police say Eckersley is homeless, living in Manchester. She's the daughter of Baseball Hall of Famer Dennis Eckersley. Crews found the newborn exposed in the tent with no heat, the temperature only 18 degrees outside. Described the as being uh, you know, extremely cold, freezing inside the tent. Quickly, first responders performed life-saving measures. Engine six. These guys are great. Newborn. We're heading to the CMC. 
That baby is alive, currently being cared for at Dartmouth-Hitchcock Medical Center. Both chiefs are crediting their crews for saving the little boy's life. We're trained professionals, we act under very rough and emotional conditions, and our guys performed greatly. They really did. Now, both the police chief and the fire chief say they brought in peer-to-peer -peer support this morning for those who were searching just to check in with first responders' mental health. As for the new mom, she is facing felony reckless conduct charges. We're live in Manchester. Kelly O'Brien, WMUR News 9. That is a rough story right there. That poor little baby. Um, she did. She did call and let them know. She did call and let them know that the baby was there, thank God. Uh, I've known, I've seen some of these stories where they don't, and they just have the baby. She was homeless. It seemed to me like she might have been on some kind of illicit drugs. Midnight caller line, this is Jerry. Hi, Jerry. It's little Jay. How are you? I'm good. Good morning to you. Good morning. Hi, everybody. I just wanted to call in because I can't remember where I saw it, but all of you, you uh, sleuthers, somebody out there saw it somewhere. Uh, I heard that the green or the dark jacket that the girl was wearing at the uh, food place was actually uh, Jack D's jacket, and it was found outside the house outside of 1122 so i just want to put that in there okay okay thank you thank love you. your show i appreciate and it it's just too effing early in the morning for me i, know. I need it i need a I new agent hate it. i want to be that agent but it's too early talk to you soon <laughs> thank you <sighs> maybe it is too early i need a new manager for sure for sure i've heard that but i haven't found any I haven't even found out where the rumor came from. That's my problem. I've heard that from many sources, though, so I'm not sure the validity of that. But how many of you live in this area? And I want to say this, too. That Was that baby in the New York area? Because there's there's really bad storms there right now. We want to dig deeper into the weather chaos that is Buffalo and Erie County in western New York. It is, says the governor of New York, a once-in-a-century kind of storm. And Ms. Hochul says we ought to get used to it happening much more frequently than that. Of the nearly 50 Americans who have been killed nationwide, about half that number have been killed in Buffalo and the rest of Erie County. Tonight, the fallout from the treacherous weather across the country. The strongest cold snaps we've seen in decades. Certainly it is the blizzard of the century. And... Midnight caller line. This is Jerry. It was New Hampshire, Jerry. New Hampshire. It was in New Hampshire. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say? No? New Hampshire. All right. It's so early in the morning. Many facing life-threatening situations. I heard him screaming for help. In Buffalo, in western New York, Shakira Autry reached out to the community for help after she heard a man in his 60s, Joseph White, in distress from extreme cold outside her home this weekend. I can't do no more. I just can't have this man uh, uh, lose his life in my house. I have did everything that I can do. This man needs help. I'm Strangers in her neighborhood seeing her message on Facebook and taking him to a nearby emergency room, his hands appearing to have severe frostbite. A driving ban still in effect in Buffalo after many people got stranded on the highways. And at one moment, almost every fire truck in Buffalo stuck on the roads and for the first time ever, unable to answer calls. And the Buffalo airport, it's going to be closed at least until Wednesday. And more snow is falling. Buffalo on and off showers tonight. What could lead to a total of five feet of snow before this is all done tomorrow afternoon. Are any of you guys involved in that mess? Just wondering? No? All right. All right. Hmm. A lot of sad stories today. Got a death from the University of A&M, Texas A&M.
It's called, let me see, you guys can't read that. An uncharacteristic disappearance. The Texas A&M University student was found dead in Austin after being reported as missing just over a week. Now, here's the odd parts about it. His name was Tanner Hong. He's 22. Is reported last seen around 11 a.m. on December 16th in College Station. Here's where it gets odd. His family said they were supposed to meet him for lunch before watching him graduate, but he did not show up. Texas A&M University stated that Hong was never qualified to graduate. He fell short of certain requirements. His uncle described his disappearance as uncharacteristic. He said he went on to say he's always available, always showing up to help. Anytime that he's been back to Texas or anytime his grandparents would need help, he would show up there. Anytime his parents would need help, family gatherings, he would always show up. His father sent a message to him at 8.30 a.m., and the text was marked as red before his phone was turned off. I wonder what that text message was. He was found discovered near the Pennybacker Bridge on Loop 360 on Christmas Eve. No foul play was suspected. Very sad story. Seems like he took his own. He unlifed himself because of not meeting up to his family's expectations. Very sad, very sad story. Very sad that I got to report all these stories that's coming from Texas. Are any of you guys in that deep freeze right now? I haven't seen the weather reports. Actually, I got a weather report program right here. It's 33.4 degrees where I'm at. Winds 12 miles per hour, zero precipitation. So those of you that are in this part of Texas, you know that. The story, man, this is something else. I want to know what you guys think about this. Several things pop up in my mind, but a Texas man dressed as a woman arrested for allegedly photographing women in bathroom, brandishing pepper ball gun. Now, he allegedly snapped photos underneath a stall in a mall bathroom, then brandished a pepper ball gun as he was fleeing the scene. His name is, I'm going to name him and shame him, Douglas Egan, 45, facing charges of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and improper photography. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of perverts around here. A panty pilferer. A female victim noticed a cell phone underneath the stall on Christmas Eve at about 4.30 p.m. in the mall in Fort Worth. This is a guy right here. looks like somebody slugged him in the face. The woman confronted the suspect, described as a male that was dressed to look like a female who attempted to flee the mall. Another person witnessed the confrontation and attempted to intervene, but the suspect allegedly reached into his backpack and pulled out what appeared to be a handgun, then pointed it, at the male witness, the suspect then left. So this he, this person planned on doing this, and he planned on what would happen if he got caught. So this is a predator. It has nothing to do with sexual orientation. That's why I'm bringing the story up, because it's brand new in the news, too. Man, there's so many perverts out there, right? The suspect then left the mall, and... uh the handgun could be seen in his waistband as he changed clothes, according to the police. Officers arrived, arrested the man, it was determined that the weapon was a pepper paintball gun. He's being held now on $30,000 uh, bond, and he doesn't have an attorney to uh, speak on his behalf. At the time I received this article, I had one comment. Now it has 690 comments. I want to know what your comments are about this. Man, there's a lot of perverts out there. I don't see what, personally, what joys somebody would see about a woman being on a toilet. I know there's a lot of perverts out there. So starting to warm in North Florida, that's great. All right. Let's see, have we left anything out? Yes, we have. If you'd like to support this show, there's several ways to do it. Memberships open up. Uh, the big, the 1st of January, that first week. More information on that coming soon. If you didn't listen to the beginning of this broadcast. 
I'm going to be back tomorrow at 5 a.m. Tomorrow. Then the next day after that, we're going to be back to 5 p.m. At 6 a.m., there's going to be a poll in our community page for you guys to vote. And your vote will affect the future of the show. Appreciate it very much. If you guys could hit like, that would help us out very much. If you guys have any comments or questions or information you want to share with me, like the baby was found in New Hampshire, that helped me. I appreciate that. Sometimes my mind gets a little warped here so early in the morning. It just now turned five. I appreciate you guys helping me out there. Uh, you guys constantly correcting me on how to say Gonsalves. I appreciate that. Gonsalves, Gonsalves. Sometimes I say it, don't even know I did. So we'll be back tomorrow. Don't forget to go to the community page and vote. Until then, until next time when I see you, all my best. It's over, Uncle Benny. Don't worry, you can always rewind it. <laughs>